0: Good judgment. Nothing personal. Word of the day for Friday, September 16th. We're halfway through September, but we made it to a Friday. Good judgment. As in, I cannot in good judgment sit back and allow our children and future generations of fans to think that this behavior is tolerated because of wealth and privilege. He may well have said white privilege, but he just said privilege. Phoenix Suns vice chairman has entered the building. You don't hear much about the vice chairman. Our vice chairman was a guy named Joel Mayle. They can be bankers. They can be lawyers. They can be friends of the owner. They can be investors. If you have a big group who owns a team, Robert Sarver is the controlling, managing general partner, the control person of the Phoenix Suns, suspended for one year, spent a couple shows talking about it. Players have reacted, the media has certainly reacted. Everybody says the same thing, outrage. Cannot believe he only got one year punishment, $10 million fine. It's not nearly enough. We told you, hey, let's see what happens here going forward. Will this story fade? Will Robert Sarver be the next Mark Cuban where you move on to the next? Remember, Mark Cuban had some issues in his front office. How's Danny Snyder? Danny Snyder is still owning, not really operating the commanders, of course he is. So what's gonna happen with Sarver? There's a verb now called sterling. Will he get sterling? Then I don't mean the London pound, which by the way, if you have a chance to go to Europe, this would be a good time. I don't know what it was, Coco, when you were there, but it's down to 118 down from like 150 so what what, what what's going to happen here will you get Sterlinged? being Sterlinged means you are out of the game forced to sell we use that within baseball too every sport now says should we sterling him that's something when your name becomes a verb right it's like tommy john when you're a person and you become a surgery so to be Sterlinged, you have to be on tape being racist It doesn't matter that it was alleged that you were racist it doesn't matter that an independent not investigator found that you engaged in misogynist activity or said the n-word in recounting a story quoting somebody else or did things that were inappropriate borderline racist or racist is it your word against someone else's are there a hundred people interviewed top 100 people interviewed top five answers on the board is robert sarver a racist on tape and eh, they don't have it so Sarver doesn't get sterling and i said listen the only thing that's going to keep this story going is if we keep talking about it and enough people keep talking about it and it doesn't have to be lebron james or chris paul it's not their responsibility it doesn't have to be nothing personal It doesn't have to be you it doesn't have to be me it's a collection of the f ether 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 of the metaverse if it's just out there the way it works in a commissioner's office and with owners is they're constantly sticking their finger in their mouth sucking it putting it up in the air like they're about to take a golf shot and saying oh the wind's coming this way Does that actually work? Or how about when they pull grass? I like when I watch golfers do this. They pull grass and they throw it up in the air. Oh, look, the wind's going that way. I'm gonna use the six instead of the five or the seven instead of the nine. When you're doing that with someone who owns a team, you don't exactly stick your finger in your mouth and in the air, pull up blades of grass. You are looking for something slightly more hard that you can rest on. And the reason you need something like that Is as adam silver said i can't go around just taking teams away from owners because owners have to tell me to do it and owners are reticent to tell me to do it they want a very clean line of what they can do and what they can't do so there's a bit of a book do not get taped being a racist that's pretty much the end of the book you can cheat on your taxes you can get arrested you can have a terrible divorce you can be a bad father you can be a bad manager you can tell lewd crude jokes you can get calendars of naked women you can go into the clubhouse and talk to your naked players you can do whatever you want don't get caught on tape but then there's a question as to whether or not there is something that anyone can do who's in a position to try to effectuate change the nba tries to be ahead of everything they put slogans on the court they tell you that they are completely woke and ready to go and they want to make sure that the players understand that they make a difference and they're going to raise money and they're going to you know not be kyle irving but somewhere below kyle irving in the i'm invested in this issue scale and I can actually do something about this issue scale. But what does it actually do? What does it actually change? It's something that I wrestle with every day. We all try to block and tackle to make the change that we can make. If you think about all the change you wanna make, you end up making none of the change that you could make. So there's a vice chairman who works for the Phoenix Suns. His name is John Najafi. He is an investor in the Phoenix Suns. Spoiler alert. He doesn't like Robert Sarver. Spoiler alert, Robert Sarver doesn't like him. Triple spoiler alert, Najafi would love to get the team from Sarver and take over. So use that as just your baseline because that's what other owners are going to do. That's what Adam Silver is going to do when he reads the letter that was posted yesterday by Najafi. An open letter calling for the resignation of Robert Sarver, And people stood up and said, this is great. This is great. We're making progress. I tweeted out that this is a pebble that turns into a boulder that creates an avalanche. The avalanche is what crushes people below. I think Coca said it creates a landslide. Made me think of the Fleetwood Mac song. Pebbles to boulders It could create a landslide, but then do landslides create avalanches? Maybe you just added the extra step. But this is the type of activity that's required for something to actually change. And we always think that we're in the middle of the avalanche, right? Enough black people get killed by the police. All right, we've got protests. We've got people in the streets. This is the avalanche. All right, we've got change. Enough leagues say they're going to make a difference. They're going to try. We've got an avalanche. Do we though? Have we ever? What's the last avalanche you've seen? Avalanche to take away smoking, advertising from games, from TV? That was an avalanche. How'd that hurt the tobacco industry? Bad? Good? Are they still around? Oh, there was an avalanche that created, slavery was an avalanche that created a civil war. how do we do with that? Slavery done? Does everyone think that slavery's done? I think you're getting my point of what it takes to make an avalanche but i don't want to have you misunderstand that the letter that was written the open letter calling for the resignation of sarver was perfectly written and i just want to read you parts of it because i spent a lot of time telling you when things aren't said well when there's grammar problems punctuation problems effectiveness problems embarrassing problems This letter was outstanding from start to finish. It's just gonna fail in the effective column. His main point was that, and I'm just gonna quote, it's a long letter, so I just wanna quote one part that I would like you to focus on. He went through all the conduct that Sarver did in the letter and said similar conduct by any CEO, executive director, president, teacher, coach, or any other position of leadership would warrant immediate termination. Without a doubt, unless you work for the Mavericks. The fact that Robert Sarver owns the team does not give him a license to treat others differently than any other leader. Interesting. Let's, let's just examine that and make sure that that's a real sentence. How do you feel about people owning teams and it doesn't give them a license to treat differently than any other leader? How do you feel about the abuse of power? How do you feel about the power of privilege in any business, in any circumstance? How many of you have been on a team where the captain of the team is held to a different standard, can get away with more? How many of you have worked in an organization where the top sales guy can be a little late to work or have an extra drink? How many of you have been not on the inner circle of your company and felt on the outside and therefore not able to perform to the level that at least you thought you could perform to? How many of you have ever owned anything? And if you own something, does that give you a feeling that you can treat people differently? It's called bullying, right? Except when you're in a workforce, it's not really bullying, it's bossing. Bullying and bossing are two very different things. Hey, I'm your boss. I own you. How many people have said that? Right? A little call back to slavery, anybody? I cannot in good judgment sit back and allow our children and future generations of fans to think that this behavior is tolerated because of wealth and privilege. He sort of misses the point here. The reason that Adam Adam Silver could not have him sell had nothing to do with wealth or privilege. It had to do with numbers and math, right? You have to get a certain number of votes in the NBA to oust an owner, and Adam Silver did not have the votes. Therefore, there was nothing he could do. But I digress therefore in accordance with my commitment to helping eradicate any form of racism sexism and bias as vice chairman of the phoenix suns i am calling for the resignation of robert sarver and here comes the beautiful sentence while i have no interest in becoming the managing partner horse hockey i will tirelessly I will work tirelessly to ensure the next team steward treats all stakeholders with dignity professionalism and respect darn it everything was perfect i didn't want to tell you or say anything about the last sentence but does it hurt you are you saying samson so damn cynical what is the reason that he would have to put in this letter which is all about how to treat people well how it is right to call out the actions, no matter what level of wealth or privilege or title you have. Standing up for people who can't stand up for themselves. Amen. While I have no interest in becoming the managing general partner, generally means while I have great interest in becoming the managing general partner, which takes away all the credibility of the letter. Darn it. I thought we had the potential of a pebble working its way to a boulder. Instead, we have a sniveller who will have the effectiveness of a fly on an elephant. Oh, that's sort of annoying. Here comes my trunk. And if my trunk can't reach it, guess what? I'm going to have my sister's trunk slam you. Bye-bye, fly. It's not happening. It's simply not happening. So what will the debate be as we move forward? Why is it that there's so many people in front of a microphone telling you how you should feel about the Sarver punishment? That is something that is going on right now with media, with podcasts that frightens me a little bit. I'm incredibly honored to have the platform that I have that we have that Coke and I built together, because of you, on your shoulders. A lot of people have platforms. We talked to you during COVID, whether you listen to one person or five people or five people listen to you or 50,000 or 2 million, it doesn't matter, you've got a platform. It's only a difference in size. And as you know, size doesn't matter. So when you have the responsibility of the platform, are we failing by having Sarver not removed? Should we be all fire and brimstone to show that Adam Silver has not done his job properly and how it is unacceptable and how the NBA got it wrong? Aren't we better served explaining why things happen and then moving on? Aren't we better served not wasting your time by yelling into a microphone what a disgrace Adam Silver is? when you know very well that Adam Silver does not have the power to force Sarver to sell aren't you better off knowing that owners who own teams want to protect themselves much like people who work together in other industries band together and say hey let's take it to the man or hey let's make sure the man doesn't take it to us what do you think unions are unions are formed so that they can be together in a foxhole protecting themselves from management, from abuses of management. What do you think groups of managements are for when they, they meet and they go to these fancy parties and these fancy conferences? Have you ever seen it? Like you're going to a hotel. The conference of aluminum siding salespeople. It's the best aluminum siding salespeople from around the world. Why do you think they're meeting? They're meeting to make sure that their business doesn't go away. They're meeting to make sure that they can figure out a way to sell more aluminum siding while trying to make sure that the person next to them doesn't yet quite approach how much they sell, but that they get to still sell because we need the industry to continue. The American Association of Dental Practice meeting in Rancho Mirage. We got to keep getting the word out there. We got to keep coming up with new toothpaste to get the word out there that people's teeth are going to fall out because four to five dentists recommend Trident. Do you see where I'm going? Everybody bands together, all in self interest. And there's nothing wrong with it. We don't cry to the moon like wolves howling on a dark winter's night when. 99% of organizations do exactly what NBA owners do and MLB owners do and NFL owners do, but we're upset about it because of wealth? Okay, that's going to be your criteria? It's very, very convenient right now to go after wealthy people, the Zuckerbergs, the billionaires. I get it. I get why people want to do it because so many people are suffering. I would just also tell you that there has been that level of economic disparity forever since the beginning of currency doesn't make it right doesn't make it wrong just makes it a fact so as you read this letter and think about the anger you have over robert sarver or the anger you have over anything you have anger over how about putting on that shoe and learning why that shoe fits a certain way and why the results are what they are i think it's worth your time Wait to see is when I tell you something's going to happen. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I'll give you a wait to see. Robert Sarver is not selling the Suns. Remember all the outrage that Snyder had? Time just passes. People batten down the hatches and wait for the next scandal. Believe me, there'll be a next scandal. That is the one thing you can count on as much as the sun rising in the east. There will be something that will take this off the front page. There will be another thing that happens in the Phoenix metropolitan area, in the NBA, in sports, in the world, dare I say, where people will say, ah, yeah, yeah, God, that server guy, bad guy. Time will pass. Najafi has his agenda. So that's not the avalanche. Wait to see sarver doesn't sell all right coca someone asked a funny question and i'm gonna answer it you know what i want (laughs) i want to talk to samson so you want to talk to samson we are heading now into the middle of september you ought to know this by now we're coming up on our three-year anniversary of nothing personal what is the date of our anniversary coca do you have any idea was our first show october 9th or october 19th it was one of those two days i believe We did some of those rehearsals, like two of them, and then we just started. In any case, So You Want to Talk to Samson comes from a movie, Half Baked. If you've heard it, then just get baked and listen to me explain it to those who haven't. In the movie, there's a character named Samson, and people always want to talk to him. So if you want to talk to me, get on Twitter at David P. Samson. I'm going to be doing some mailbag episodes over the next few weeks. You have questions, get them to me on Twitter. You can go on Instagram at David P. Samson. You can also go on apple and write a review and ask a question that'd be good david sandy alderson is leaving the mets any interest what would you do as team president i figured it would be a matter of minutes before someone would ask that question once it was announced yesterday what interesting timing the mets are playing the pirates Starting what is it, Coca? Three game series, a four game series, probably four. They played yesterday. Today's Friday. They're playing through Sunday, so it's a four game series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Mets have the easiest schedule of all time, and yet they're hanging on to the NL East. Thank God the Braves are not playing well if you're a Mets fan. The Braves have a very tough schedule. So here we are in September. What a team president is doing right now is quite interesting. Team presidents are working on budgets for next season. Fiscal years for teams, some end October 31st, which is the end of the championship season, the end of the playoffs generally. This year it's November, if the World Series goes deep. Some teams use December 31st, the regular calendar year, is the end of the fiscal year. You're working now with your auditors. Baseball teams get audited. they got a bunch of accounting firms they have to deal with, so they're working with their finance department. Presidents are working with their sales department, setting ticket prices for next year, setting sales strategies, all so they can do a budget for the baseball department. Presidents are working on marketing for next year. They're working on slogans, they're working on giveaways. They're working on the schedule, the heritage days. You've seen all these heritage days. They don't just happen. It's Cuban Heritage Day. It's Latin American Heritage Day. Yesterday was Roberto Clemente Day. Do you see the Rays? Played an entire team of Latin Americans. That made me laugh, Coca. We forgot to talk about that. The Tampa Bay Rays, yesterday, Roberto Clemente Day, some people thought they were gonna retire 21 the way they retired Jackie Robinson's number. Uh, MLB did not, I do not expect them to. That said, it's good to have Roberto Clemente Day. It's good for people to learn who Roberto Clemente was and what he meant to the game, what he meant to the world. Tragically, as you know, may not know, died way too young. Is he the only player who is exactly at 3,000 hits, Coca? I have a, I, I have a feeling that he died exactly at 3,000. I'm not positive. The Tampa Bay Rays were playing the Blue Jays yesterday. And this is a bit of a side note, Coca. It's off the rundown. I'm sorry. They were, ha- they were playing the Blue Jays and Tampa tweeted out and it got a bunch of attention that they played all... Latin players on am Roberto Clemente day how great is that and I said to myself given the same question the same day what would I have done and here's my answer if I'm not competing for a playoff spot and I'm not playing a team who's competing for a playoff spot I will play if I possibly can a team of all Latin players If I'm not competing for a playoff spot and I'm playing a team competing for a playoff spot for the integrity of the game, even if I'm playing a team who I really want to make the playoffs, because if they do, they'll take the spot of a team that I really hate, I'm still not gonna play a non-representative lineup, meaning not my best lineup, just because it's Roberto Clemente day. The Tampa Bay Rays are in a playoff, in the playoff hunt. And by the way, if I'm in the playoff hunt, I forgot to give you that example. If I'm in the playoff hunt, it doesn't matter who I'm playing, I am playing the best lineup I can to win a game. Period. I don't want the I want the PR not that badly. Remember in 2012, second side story, we had Adam Greenberg take one at bat. One at bat. He got one at bat against the Mets and R. A. Dickeys, the player who played for the Cubs, got hit in the head by a Marlins player's career ended. And he made it back, and no one would sign him. And the Marlins signed him in 2012. Just one of the more crazy things that we did that year, being on the franchise, having the team that we had, the new stadium, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He took three swings off R.A. Dickey, who won the Cy Young that year, and that was it. And we, the question we had is, how will that impact competitively? And we were not in the race in the Mets that year, whatever they were doing. Either they didn't need the game, or there was no issue, or we were helping them in any case. Things happen, but you have to look at the competitiveness. So the Rays put this lineup out, and now everybody's talking about how great it is that they played all Latin players. So I've got a little nugget for you. Keep in mind, Roberto Clemente was from Puerto Rico. One of the biggest mistakes that white people make is thinking that Latin players from Puerto Rico are the same as Latin players from the Dominican, are the same as Latin players from Venezuela, are the same as Latin players from Cuba hey I got an idea let's start a Hispanic marketing department this will be great it's the equivalent of starting a marketing department and marketing to the confederacy and to the most liberal part of the country with the same slogan and the same flag how would that go good how about KYA know your audience You can't have a Hispanic marketing department. When a company says to you, we have a Hispanic marketing department, they're just trying to convince all white people that, hey, look at us. We're paying attention to this great big market. We want their money. We're going to get it. You have to market differently to Venezuelans, to Dominicans, to Puerto Ricans, to Cubans. It's totally different people. Totally different ways to market them. I learned all this while being in Miami because when I first got to Miami, hi, I'm David. You know what I look like you know my size you know my age hey we need someone in charge of hispanic marketing meanwhile everyone came out to me who worked there and said david may i suggest to you that's not the right approach i said teach me tell me they sat me down over the course of days weeks hours and months and explained very very thoroughly what we needed and how we needed to do it now don't say that our lack of attendance showed that we didn't market properly you could just say that the team stunk The city is bad the location of the stadium is terrible you can say all those things but don't say that we didn't understand the difference between marketing to dominican and venezuelan people so on roberto clemente day celebrating all the latin players playing two issues with it one no puerto ricans funny two that's the raised lineup now They didn't play G-man, they didn't play their second baseman, Walls. But those guys are platoon players, but they play a lot. But that was more than a representative lineup. Way more. And I'm not trying to take credit away from what they did. I'm just not trying to sit here and tell you it's the damn coolest thing I ever saw. Way to go, Tampa. Of course, no one mentioned the fact that the starting pitcher was a white guy, but he had to be. You're not going to mess up your starting rotation for Roberto Clemente Day. Let's not get crazy. So Sandy Alderson, so in September, I was telling you things back to, uh, what are we back to? Sandy Alderson and what presidents do right now. So I told you they're doing marketing. That's how we got off the subject, talking about marketing. We're doing They're doing finance. You're meeting with your baseball people as you get ready for the GM meetings, which come in November. You're looking at your roster. You're looking at who you're taking off your roster at the end of the season. If you're in the playoff hunt, you're looking at what your playoff roster is going to be. You're sending out your scouts, if you're in the playoffs, to scout your potential playoff opponents. You're giving them their assignments through September. There's a lot going on. Yesterday was announced that Sandy Alderson is leaving the building. He's given up his job as president of the Mets. He's going to become a special advisor to Steve Cohen and his son. There's a code word for that in baseball, and I had special advisors too. Everyone has special advisors. That's paying people who have long standing, long standing, good standing in your organization, and you want them around, like a Jeff Conine or a Jack McKean or an Andre Dawson or Tony Perez, like a Randy Johnson. Just go around to every organization, go online and look at titles of people who have special advisor. Sometimes they call it special assistant. I have news for you sandy alerson will not be specially advising steve Cohn, alex Cohn, or anybody next year once you're a special advisor they don't really take your calls that said you get to go to games whenever you want you get to sit with the big boys girls people but you are not in any way the captain of the ship it's like a little trailer it's like a trailer of money like a severance we'll give you a hundred grand you're going to be a special advisor we're gonna ask you what stocks we should be buying in our venture capital firm, what companies. We're gonna say, hey, what do you think of that move, pitching change? <laughs> it's absurd. It's absurd. So the rumors started immediately. Theo Epstein's gonna be the president. David Stearns of the Brewers is gonna be the president. Billy Bean is gonna to come to New York. The president of a team is different than the president of baseball operations the president of baseball operations controls and runs the baseball side in theory you're doing the budgeting of the baseball department not the entire organization you are doing the hiring of the coaches at every level hitting coaches pitching coaches trainers managers etc scouts player development the draft the major league team you are not doing you're not working with the finance department on the audit. You're not doing marketing and sales. You may be asked to give speeches to marketing and salespeople. You may be asked to go on a sales call, but the president of baseball operations is dealing with baseball. The president of the team is dealing with the whole team. It doesn't matter the reporting structure. Sometimes the president of baseball operations and the president both report to the owner. Sometimes the president of baseball operations reports to the president and the president reports to the owner. But in all cases, the president of baseball operations does not run the business of the team. Sandy Alderson was running the business of the team, in theory. That's what his title suggested. I never thought it was happening, but that's what his title suggested. We're gonna know very quickly. If Sandy Alderson is replaced by a president of baseball operations to work above Billy Epler, then Steve Cohn has somebody or needs somebody to run the business of the team. David Stearns is a candidate to be a president of baseball operations. It is very likely he has been tampered by Steve Cohn. It is very likely that Sandy knew when he was resigning because it was part of a plan. It is very likely that ownership will be a part of the next deal to get one of these executives. But I am not at all sure what these executives will do outside of the baseball silo. We will find out when he makes the announcement. But I can only tell you that I am not a candidate. And the reason I'm not a candidate, other than the fact he doesn't have my phone number, and he probably reads my tweets, is that I'm not leaving you. I'm not, and I'm talking to you, Coca. I'm not leaving you, Coca. I'm really talking to the audience. I'm actually talking just to a camera. I wish we had a live studio audience. Maybe one day, Coca, just because then I could look in your eyes and say, we're not stopping nothing personal. No chance, toilet pants. This is too good, too much fun. What should I look for? And as a Mets fan, what should you look for as the next team president? Here's a surprise that's gonna upset you, but the next team president's really gonna be focusing on the development around the city field, trying to get rid of the chop shops and figure out how to monetize that area. The next team president's gonna figure out how to increase revenues, how to run a more streamlined organization. And it doesn't matter if his name is Theo or Leo or the 23 sons of Mrs. McCabe, and she called them all Dave. None of that matters. When you are hired to run an organization, you are hired to increase revenues, decrease expenses, and increase profitability. Hard stop. When you're hired to run a baseball organization, just the baseball side, you get a budget, you get a number, and then you try to win as much as possible. Two different things. When we come back, we're going to review vengeance, and I want to say a few words about Roger Federer we'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Through the first round of the NBA playoffs, it's still all about the Celtics and the Nuggets. Will it be a likely matchup between the two powerhouses for the NBA championship? You can bet on the Celtics to beat the Nuggets. At plus four hundred, or the Nuggets to beat the Celtics at plus four twenty five, right now. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get one hundred fifty in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code Samson. New customers can bet five bucks to get one hundred and fifty dollars instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code Samson. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Fuet in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources welcome back to nothing personal it's david sampson it's been a week folks every week's a good week we will be back monday today's friday make sure you download rate review subscribe tell your friends enjoy your weekend catch up on any episodes you missed because why not i watch a movie every day Yes, I do. Shocking but true. It does help when you don't sleep. It does help when you can't sleep. It does help when you don't wanna sleep. Do you all, have I told you my bed story before? I don't know why I just thought of this. You know how some people, when they get into bed, they view their bed like as an angel bed with wings and it's fluffy and it's inviting and you just wanna crawl in there and snuggle and everything's so good and you're comfy and you suck your thumb in the fetal position, and you fall asleep and then you get bothered by kids or bothered by alarms or bothered by dings or bings or bongs. But you love your bed. When I look at my bed, I see fire and brimstone. I see the devil and his pitchfork. I see a bed of nails, not like the guy in the Guinness Book of World Records who lies down in the bed of nails and is comfortable and can sleep. I see a bed of nails that when I go, it punctures right through to my aorta. So therefore I watch a lot of movies. So I reviewed on Lebitard yesterday a series called The Premise, The Premise by B.J. Novak. I watched a movie by B.J. Novak called Vengeance. He's in it. And I think, I don't know, I actually can't remember. Did he write it and direct it? He may have written it, but not directed. It doesn't matter. It's got Ashton Kutcher in it. And here's the story of a lovely lady who gets murdered. And all of a sudden, B.J. Novak gets a call and says, come to the funeral. Why? Your girlfriend just got killed and he said, huh? Turns out she was a one or two or three night stand, but the family thought that she was, that they were dating for a long period of time. So he goes down to deep in the hot of Texas, and he's a podcaster, and he has uh, a, a editor whose name is Coca Tiffany Haddish. I can't remember who was in it, but it was Ashton Kutcher, and then someone else who is in the premise. And it was Issa Rae. Thank you. Thank you. And so, 489. So, BJ Novick is a podcaster who goes down to Texas and tries to make a story of figuring out who killed his, this girl who's not his girlfriend. And guess what happens, as you may imagine? He ends up becoming a part of this family. It is a very interesting piece about vengeance about family about people who you think don't fit together who do for reasons that you can't even imagine until you see it and then you realize that wait a minute maybe we can market to everyone the same way and then the credits roll and you say "Mm, maybe we can't it's called vengeance it's worth your time it's worth your money because i think you have to pay for it unless you have a website where you can pirate movies. Roger Federer is retiring from tennis. I can't remember a time that's let me let me cut that if you don't mind. 469. When I first started watching tennis, I was watching McEnroe and Borg and Connors and Lendl Arthur Ashe I watched then you Move to the next group of Sampras and Agassi and Courier. Then you move to the next group of Nadal and Yokovic and Federer. That group's been around for, I don't know, 24 years. There are many of you who listen to the show. I believe that 54% of you have no recollection of anyone being in tennis other than Nadal, Yokovic, and Federer. These are the tri-goats. It's hard to choose who's the best of these three. There are people who thought Federer was the greatest of all time. Then they think Nadal is. Then they think Jokovic is. Nadal's got the most grand slams. It's not as clear-cut to me as Serena being the greatest of all time. It's just not in men's tennis as clear-cut. Federer wrote a letter to his fans yesterday announcing his retirement. Not surprising to me. He's 41 years old. What was surprising in a very positive way is the fact that he is an athlete he's never had a problem he's never had a scandal he's never had an issue he's never had a moment this is a man who is an example for brands to use where you can attach yourself to roger federer and your brand will never suffer you will never have to worry about being embarrassed you'll never have to worry about a mugshot. you'll never have to worry about him becoming boris becker Roger Federer built an empire off the court as much as he did on the court. And the way he is leaving, he's going to play one more tournament in London next week called the Laver Cup. At one time, Rod Laver was thought to be the GOAT, by the way. September 23rd to September 25th. And I want you to see if you can watch Federer play or go online and watch one of his matches. You're seeing little clips of little points here and there. It's worth it just to watch a match, just to watch his demeanor, just to watch how he acts on the court, the effort he gives every time, no matter the opponent, the respect he gives to every opponent, no matter the rank. I loved watching Roger Federer. I tried to have players model themselves after Roger Federer. The way you can be effective without being a monstrous animal, without having ill behavior, it's possible, and Federer did it and he's exiting with such class. The letter that he wrote thanking his fans above all, his sponsors, his family, his coaches, the federation in in Switzerland where he started tennis. I just was a huge, huge fan of what he did. I really am. Congratulations, Roger, and thank you. Nothing personal, pick of the day. Did you see the Chargers backdoor cover? Yummy. Who doesn't like a backdoor cover 106 and 80? We are 26 games above. Chargers only lost by three. Doesn't matter, that's a win. All right, we have a weekend coming up and I wanna talk about a few things that are going on this weekend because it's pretty good. Coca, turn your volume down. We're taking the Mets over the Pirates. It's so bad when I take the Mets, they never win. But here's what happened. The Mets beat the Pirates last night. The Mets are waking up. They're coming off a bad start from Walker. He's going to have a good start. But listen, take the run line, not the money line. We're taking the run line over the Pirates. That means you've got to give one and a half and you're going to lay some money. But that's the pick of the day today is Mets run line over the Pirates. Sorry, Coca. Coca. Maybe you should fade me when I do the Mets, although I got the Cubs right going against the Mets, so I don't lose the picks of the day when the Mets are involved. It's just that the Mets don't benefit all the time. Big series, Braves-Phillies, is happening this weekend. I'm focused on the Saturday game when Aaron is pitching. Aaron is the best pitcher for the Phillies. The Phillies are going to make the playoffs. They're going to break their playoff streak. I don't think they've been in the playoffs in 10 or 11 years. The Mariners are going to make the playoffs, and they're the longest streak in the American League. For the first time in over 20 years, there will be a new team holding the streak for the longest amount of time, not having made the playoffs, which is great news for the marketing people at MLB, because they like to tell you about competitive balance. They like to tell you that every team has hope, and they use the playoff stat as showing. 28 out of 30 teams have been in the playoffs in the last five years. They just make stats like that so you believe that, hey, I live in a city where I got a chance. But I don't have a chance, like anybody in the NL West. In any case, the Braves have not taken advantage of the Mets not playing well. So my pick of the day Saturday, the Braves are going to take advantage against the good teams while the Mets are playing bad teams. The Braves are going to snap out of their little funker and they're going to beat the Phillies on Saturday. And then we get to week two. We've been doing pretty well here in football. I think we're two and one to start the season. Is that right, Coco? I'm looking at the Packers game because Aaron Rodgers has been all over the news. A lot of talk about quarterbacks not playing during the preseason. You know where I stand on that. It's like having your starting pitcher or your outfielder participate in zero spring training games. You've gotta get your body ready. You've gotta get used to what it feels like to be hit. You've got to get some sort of chemistry with your players inside your clubhouse. Football is such a dangerous, violent sport that players say, if you're not forcing me to play in preseason games, I'm not playing. Why would I even bother? Forget voluntary mini camps and off season workouts. I don't want to put pads on. I'd rather go to the Bahamas for 12 days and save my marriage. No, sorry, that's the wrong guy. So Aaron Rodgers doesn't play in the preseason, comes out week one. They absolutely lay a stink bomb. And it's, of course, the wide receivers who he had called out before, stink. Did he not know when he re-signed with the Packers for this one final year that Adams was going to be gone? Of course he did. It's just too convenient. The Packers are too good, way too good to have this happen. And they're playing the Bears, who for whatever reason won their game last year. Uh, last week. So, here's what I have. Packers minus 10. When I was making this pick, Coco wanted to remind me that last year, and I had forgotten this, that, did you remember when the Packers lost 38-3 to to the New Orleans Saints in week one? I did not. Okay. I'm not going to talk about Rodgers missing camp anymore. I promise. This is the last time. But we're taking the Packers minus 10 over the Bears. And the reason we're taking the Packers minus 10 over the Bears is that the Bears win last week. I'm out. It was not. It didn't convince me of anything. It was week one. Lay the points. Don't be scared. We've got the Mets in the run line over the Pirates. We've got the Braves over the Phillies on Saturday. We've got the Packers minus 10 over the Bears on Sunday. I want everyone to have a very good weekend. Ooh, that's what the playoff streak will be. Thank you, Coca. The Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles and the Detroit Tigers will have the longest time between postseason appearances, each at 8. Those are both in the American League. Who's going to be the National League? It's not the Marlins. The Marlins made it in the shortened season of 20. So there's going to be somebody in the National League. But the Angels and the Tigers, can you imagine that the team? This is insane. I didn't know that, Coca. Oh, Pirates, that's a good one. This will be their seventh year. Can you imagine for a second having Mike Trout and Shohei Ohtani on your team and having to say that you have the longest streak in the entire American League without making the playoffs? It's almost impossible. It's almost a reason to sell the team. I guess we'll wait to see how that goes. Thanks for another great week. We'll be back. We always are. It's just business. This is...